Today's message is based on 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verses 1 to 25, and the title is Jehoshaphat's National Prayer Meeting. Join me in reading God's Word. 2 Chronicles chapter 20. Now it came about after this that the sons of Moab and the sons of Ammon together with some of the Munites, came to make war against Jehoshaphat. Then some came and reported to Jehoshaphat, saying, A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, out of Aram. And behold, they are in Hazazon Tamar, that is, Engedi. Jehoshaphat was afraid and turned his attention to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. So Judah gathered together to seek help from the Lord. They even came from all the cities of Judah to seek the Lord. Verse 5. Then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court. And he said, O Lord, the God of our fathers, are you not God in the heavens? And are you not ruler over all the kingdoms of the nations? Power and might are in your hand, so that no one can stand against you. Did you not, O our God, drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and give it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend, forever? They have lived in it and have built your sanctuary there for your name, saying, Should evil come upon us, the sword or judgment, or pestilence or famine, we will stand before this house and before you, for your name is in this house, and cry to you in distress, and you will hear and deliver us. Verse 10. Now behold, the sons of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, whom you did not let Israel invade, when they came out of the land of Egypt, they turned aside from them and did not destroy them. See how they are rewarding us by coming to drive us out from your possession, which you have given us as an inheritance. O oh, our God, will you not judge them? For we are powerless before this great multitude who are coming against us. Nor do we know what to do but our eyes are on you. All Judah was standing before the Lord with the infants, their wives, and their children. Then in the midst of the assembly, the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jael, the son of Mataniah, the Levite of the sons of Asaph, and he said, listen, all Judah, and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, do not fear or be dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow go down against them. Behold, they will come up by the ascent of Zis, and you will find them at the end of the valley in front of the wilderness of Jeruel. 
You need not fight in this battle. Station yourselves. Stand and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out to face them, for the Lord is with you. Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell down before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. Verse 19, the Levites from the sons of the Kohathites and of the sons of the Korahites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with a very loud voice. Verse 20, they rose early in the morning and went out to the wilderness of Tekoa. And when they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Listen to me, O Judah, and inhabitants of Jerusalem. Put your trust in the Lord your God, and you will be established. Put your trust in his prophets and succeed. When he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who sang to the Lord and those who praised him in holy attire as they went out before the army and said, Give thanks to the Lord, for his loving kindness is everlasting. And when they began singing and praising, the Lord set ambushes against the sons of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah. So they were routed for the sons of Ammon and Moab rose up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir, destroying them completely. And when they had finished with the inhabitants of Seir, they helped to destroy one another. When Judah came to the lookout of the wilderness, they looked towards the multitude. And behold, there were corpses lying on the ground. And no one had escaped. When Jehoshaphat and his people came to take their spoil, they found much among them, including goods, garments, and valuable things, which they took for themselves more than they could carry. And they were three days taking the spoil because there was so much. Praise God for the reading of his word. A large army approached Jerusalem, composed of the Moabites, the Ammonites, and the Munites. They intended to invade Jerusalem. News of their approach reached the king of Judah, Jehoshaphat. When Jehoshaphat heard the news, he felt fear. But he turned his fear into prayer. His immediate action was to seek the Lord in prayer and call for a national fast throughout Judah. And people gathered from all over to seek the Lord in prayer. The king led the prayer and fasting before the assembly. And you know, every leader should lead their people to humility before God and to prayer. Jehoshaphat appealed to the God of his ancestors. 
whom he addressed as the sovereign God, who rules over the nations, whose power is stronger than any. I will read 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verses 5 and 6. Then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem, in the house of the Lord, before the new court, and he said, O Lord, the God of our fathers, are you not God in the heavens? Are you not ruler over all the kingdoms of the nations? Power and might are in your hand, so that no one can stand against you. Jehoshaphat knew the God he served. He asked a rhetorical question. Oh Lord, the God of our fathers, he's the God of his ancestors, the God of Abraham. Are you not God in the heavens? Then he asked another question. Are you not ruler over all the kingdoms of the nations? And he answered his own questions. The king said, power and might are in your hand so that no one can stand against you. He affirms that God is sovereign over all, that he's above all powers, above all kings. Jehoshaphat understood who he was praying to. And the first thing he did was to acknowledge who God is. Not asking for his needs immediately, but recognizing who God is. And Jehoshaphat even cited history in his prayer. How the Lord gave victory to Israel against the inhabitants of the land, Canaan. The king also appealed to God's promise to Abraham, the friend of God. And we read that in Genesis. That God considered Abraham his friend. Second Chronicles chapter 20 verse 7 says, Did you not, O our God, drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and give it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend forever? Then the king referred to the Lord's sanctuary where the people worshipped him for the glory of his name. Jehoshaphat alluded to God's promise that he would hear their prayers whenever they would seek him if they were in great trouble or in great distress. Second Chronicles chapter 20 verses 8 and 9 says, they have lived in it and have built you a sanctuary there for your name, saying, should evil come upon us, the sword or judgment or pestilence or famine, we will stand before this house and before you, for your name is in this house, and cry to you in our distress, and you will hear and deliver us. And Jehoshaphat cited those when he prayed to God. He then made his plea against Ammon and Moab. You know, the king expressed 
like a childlike faith in coming to the Lord saying, look at what they're doing against us. Despite your kindness by sparing them. It's like a child telling his parents what, what others have done against him. So Jehoshaphat comes to God, look at what they're doing. You spared them, yet they are doing this to us, O Lord. Verses 10 and 11 says, Now behold, Jehoshaphat was speaking to the Lord. Now behold, the sons of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, whom you did not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt. They turned aside from them and did not destroy them. See how they are rewarding us by coming to drive us out from your possession, which you have given us as an inheritance. The king asked for God to bring down his judgment against Ammon and Moab. And yet the king admitted his helplessness against such a great army. He acknowledged that he did not know what to do. He's saying, I, King Joseph, I do not know what to do. That's why I come to you, O Lord. Verse 12 says, O our God, will you not judge them? For we are powerless before this great multitude who are coming against us. Nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Ah, amen. Many times we don't know what to do, but one thing we should do, our eyes must be on him. We may experience many troubles, and we are confused. We don't have a plan. We don't know how to get out of this problem. But brothers and sisters, our eyes must be on him. Every family in Judah prayed and fasted with the king. Parents even brought their infants, their babies. And the ruler, Jehoshaphat, led his people in humility before the sovereign one, and the keeper of the covenant. And praise God. God would listen. And save them from their enemies. Verse 13. All Judah was standing before the Lord. With their infants, their wives and their children. Then God would answer. The spirit of the Lord would respond. To the prayer of Jehoshaphat. He would use a man named Jehaziel, to deliver his message, God comforted them by saying that they should not be afraid for the battle belongs to the Lord. Verses 14 and 15. Then in the midst of the assembly, the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Baniah, the son of Jael, the son of Mataniah, the Levite of the sons of Asaph. And he said, Listen, all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat. Thus says the Lord to you, Do not fear 
or be dismayed because of this great multitude. For the battle is not yours, but God's. Verses 14 and 15. Praise God. God used the prophets in the Old Testament. But today, he brings us back to his word. Although, yes, at times, he impresses upon us his direction, his guidance, his wisdom. And sometimes through friends, through brothers and sisters. But our eyes must be on him and we must trust in God that he will respond to our prayer for wisdom and guidance. And the Spirit gave specific instructions to King Jehoshaphat and to the, the inhabitants of the land that they should go down against them. And God even gave specific information about the enemy. Then again, an assurance that they need not fight in this battle. They don't have to fight in this battle. Thus God commanded them not to fear. Do not fear. For God was with them. Verses 16 and 17. Tomorrow go down against them. Behold, they will come up by the ascent of Zis. And you will find them at the end of the valley in front of the wilderness of Jeruel. You need not fight in this battle. Station yourselves. Stand and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf. O Judah and Jerusalem, do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow, go out to face them, for the Lord is with you. The king and his people responded to God's message by bowing down to worship. Some of the Levites who were of the priestly order stood and praised the Lord with a loud voice. Verses 18 and 19 says, Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground. And all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell down before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. The Levites from the sons of the Kohathites and the sons of the Korahites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with a very loud voice. They fell down, they bowed down, and some rose up and praised the Lord. Worship brings us low. Praise lifts our voices high to give God glory. In faith, they obeyed God by going out of the walls. The king preached to the assembly to trust in the Lord and his prophets. In these days, one could say, trust in the Lord and in his word. Again, in our day and age, trust in the Lord and trust in his word. Verse 20 says, they rose up early in the morning and went out to the wilderness of Tekoa. And when they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Listen to me, O Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem. Put your trust in the Lord your God, and you will be established. Put your trust in his prophets and succeed. Then Jehoshaphat consulted his people 
after which he put the singers dressed in holy attire in front of the army. The singers were to lead the people in giving thanks and speaking of his loving kindness. You see, in the prayer meeting, God already assured them of victory. They don't have to fight. But the instruction was, you have to go and face them. But you need not fight, was God's assurance. You need not fight, do not be afraid, do not be dismayed. And they obeyed. And what Jehoshaphat did was, let's just praise the Lord. Let's just praise the Lord. Well, some singers would look at this text saying that it was praising God that gave them the victory. I would beg to disagree. It was humbling before God, praying and fasting, that God assured them of the victory. Praising God was part of their, their application in obeying God in going out. But it was essential. I believe praising and worshiping God is essential. And God would ambush the enemies. When they started singing and praising the Lord. And the Spirit promised them that they need not fight. And the people obeyed by coming out to meet the enemies. God fulfilled his promise by fighting for them. Verse 22, when they began singing and praising, the Lord set ambushes against the sons of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, so they were routed. The Lord confused the enemies of Jerusalem so that they fought against each other. This great multitude fought against each other. Perhaps the Lord sowed mistrust among them. Or he made them see each other as enemies. Verse 23 says, For the sons of Ammon and Moab rose up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir, destroying them completely. And when they had finished with the inhabitants of Seir, they helped to destroy one another. The Lord confused them. They saw one another as enemies and they killed each other. When the inhabitants of Judah arrived at the battle scene, the battle was over. God had won. There were dead bodies, dead soldiers on the ground. God defeated this great multitude. Verse 24, when Judah came to the lookout of the wilderness, they looked towards the multitude and behold, they were corpses lying on the ground, and no one had escaped. That was verse 24. But what comes next was fascinating. You see, this great multitude came to take the treasures of Judah. But instead, it was the inhabitants of Judah who were enriched by this great invasion. The Lord enriches people through the spoils of war. It took the people three days to collect the valuable items from the soldiers. God blessed every family of Judah that day, not because of their bravery, but because of his mercy when he heard their cry for help. 
Second Chronicles 20 verse 25 says, When Jehoshaphat and his people came to take their spoil, they found much among them, including goods, garments, and valuable things, which they took for themselves more than they could carry. And they were three days taking the spoil because there was so much. What does this story mean to us? All people are besieged by an enemy called sin, whose consequence is eternal damnation. We are helpless against its power and against its control. But God's mercy is revealed through his son, who fought our battle for us. Salvation from the judgment through Christ was not because of our battle, not because we fought, not because we tried to be good, but because he fought the battle for us by dying on the cross, receiving the wrath of God, the justice meant for us. He absorbed it. He received it. He is the atonement. That's what it means. The atonement of our sins. The propitiation of our sins. And in victory, he rose from the dead, defeating death. Thus, death has no more sting. Although our bodies still, still die. But the salvation of the body will come later. But the salvation of the soul comes now. Jesus Christ offers the victory to all who repent and believe in the gospel. Some application for us. If we find ourselves in great distress, we should put our trust in God and in his word. We should humble ourselves through prayer and fasting. And we should exalt God. We should recognize him as a great God who rules above everything, above all powers. He is above every leader over, all over the world. And every power, every spiritual force, he is higher. He is sovereign. Now, Swan. If we find ourselves in great distress, we trust in God and his word. We humble ourselves in prayer and fasting. And we recognize who he is. The sovereign one. Two, every human is damned because of sin. We can repent of our sins. And trust in Jesus' victory through his death and resurrection. For those whom God has called to salvation. He has called to repentance and faith. So we must have repentance and faith. We must change our mind and our hearts towards sin. Our views about God, we should lay aside and trust in the word of God now. That's repentance, a change in our perspective. We should turn away from our sins. And we should have faith in what Jesus did. 
Number three, let us not ignore the call to pray together. The king called the people to pray. The practice of praying together could be at different levels and we should not ignore them. Prayer could be in the small groups. In our church community, we call it growth groups. Some call it small groups. Some call it discipleship groups. It should be in the church community level. When the pastors and elders call for prayer and fasting, we should not ignore it. At the city level, if, if leaders or the national level, if presidents call for prayer and fasting. And there are presidents in history who have called for a national prayer and fasting with their people. One of which was Abraham Lincoln. When his country was devastated by civil war, he would kneel down in front of an open window and pray. And one time, he announced a proclamation, a call to fast and pray. So brothers and sisters, let us not ignore the call to pray. Let's not put it aside. Let's not treat it as some light activity. It is very important. And you are needed. Every inhabitant of Judah came out to pray. So we must all respond to the call to pray. Though right now, stay in your homes. And we pray together. Let us respond to the call to prayer. There are some in our church who have organized prayer chains. I believe there are at least two I know of as prayer chains in, this, in, in our church community, in GCF Naga. And I'm glad that many have responded, volunteered time from our pastors to, to many members have participated. Even some are, are no longer here. They work in Manila or study in Manila in other places. They have participated in the call to pray. And we should continue. God is good. He will hear us when we humble ourselves and acknowledge that he is great, he is sovereign, and we need him. There's no merit in our own. We are helpless, but he is powerful. Let us pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your message. Thank you for showing us the power of gathering to pray. And teach us to value prayer as a church community. Prayer as a nation. Prayer in small groups. Teach us to value it and give it importance. Remove our hard-headedness, our stubbornness, our foolishness of ignoring such, but in our homes, allow us to be one spirit in prayer as if we are gathering to pray. And when it is safe to gather, teach us all to respond in prayer. Thank you, O Lord. To you be the glory in Jesus' name.
Amen. Amen. May the Holy Spirit move us all to pray wherever we are. God bless you. Good day.